Life Audio. Hey friend, Heather Creekmore here. I'm glad you're listening to the Compared to Who show. Today, my guest is my friend, registered dietitian, Tracy Brown. Now I've had Tracy on the show a couple times before. I'll link to those episodes. Tracy does a lot of work with women related to healing the trauma behind their disordered eating or eating disorders. But today, Tracy and I are going to a place I've been wanting to go for a long time. And that is we are going to talk through the specific medical and physical issues that can come over a lifetime or even a decade or even maybe sometimes a few years of disordered eating or eating disorder behavior. Now, my story, if you know it, and I'm going to share it with, with Tracy today in the show, is that I didn't know I had an eating disorder. And so now that I'm in my 40s, I'm facing a lot of different physical issues that don't seem to have come from anywhere because I thought I was trying to live a healthy life. And now I'm recognizing, oh my goodness, what I did with my food during my teens, during my 20s, during my 30s, that has made an impact on my health and caused some medical conditions now. So that's where we're going today. This is not medical advice, friends. This is just for information. I strongly encourage you to go and talk to a doctor. Go talk to an eating disorder specialist. Go talk to someone like Tracy. If anything, resonates with you from today's episode, because I'm not qualified to diagnose you, um, but other people are. And if you're struggling, get help. Well, today's episode is sponsored by Classical Conversations. Now, I've got to tell you, I've been using Classical Conversations for 10 years. When we first decided to homeschool, there is no way I could have done it alone. CC, as we call it, is the only way I would have even dared venture into homeschooling. But if you're interested in homeschooling, what Classical Conversations does is they equip parents with a proven curriculum and support from a local community of homeschool families all walking the same path together. Mom... Dad, you're their first teachers, so be their best teachers. You can learn how to make homeschooling doable for you at classicalconversations.com backslash compared to who. That's classicalconversations.com backslash compared to who. Check it out today. Welcome to Compared to Who, the podcast to help you make peace with your body so you can savor God's rest and feel his love. If you're tired of fighting body image the world's way, Compared to Who is the show for you. You've likely heard lots of talk about loving your body, but my goal is different. Striving to fall in love with stretch marks and cellulite is a little silly to me. Instead, I want to encourage you and remind you with the truth of scripture that you are seen, you are known, and you are loved no matter what your size or shape. Here the pressure is off. If you're looking for real talk, biblical encouragement, and regular reminders that God loves you and you're not alone, you've come to the right place. I hope you enjoy today's show and hey, tell a friend about it. Tracy Brown, thank you for joining me for this, I don't know, I'm going to say hot topic <laughs> today. Are you ready? I am ready, Heather. We're going to Okay. So pun intended, let's get into the guts of this. Okay. Right? <laughs> I love it. I love it. So I read the book and I know you've read it. Uh, it's called sick enough by, uh, Dr. Jennifer Guadiani. And it was very eye opening to me that the subtitle on this book is a guide to the medical complications of eating disorders. 
And I'm just going to start by kind of sharing a little bit of my story, uh, especially for those who maybe haven't listened to the show before, haven't listened to the show for very long, but I likely had an eating disorder as far back as high school, which has been a couple decades for me now. (laughs) Um, But I never knew that I had an eating disorder in part because you know, in, in the throes of it, uh, it was the early 1990s. And so there were only two categories for eating disorders. Then Mm -hmm. there was anorexia and I wasn't underweight and there was bulimia and I couldn't purge, although I tried. Um, and so I didn't fall into one of those categories neatly and, and pretty much lived for decades with some level of full-blown eating disorder, or at least disordered eating behaviors. And it wasn't really until I was in my early forties that I started reading about Ednos eating disorders, not otherwise specified. And I don't think they use that term anymore. So even that is outdated, but, but I heard about that and I was like, oh my goodness, I had an eating disorder. And really, Tracy, like, I just thought I was a pretty health conscious, you know, like Mm -hmm. diligent perfectionist, like who was going to get it right about her body, who followed the health trends, followed the diet trends. I was a fitness instructor, right? So all the things and into my forties, I started having some physical issues and there's a variety of things, (laughs) right? Uh, Most notably my esophagus issues. And we're going to talk about that in a little bit. But as I'm reading this book called Sick Enough, she goes through this like gamut of physical issues that can come with eating disorders. And so my hope today, Tracy, is that you and I can just kind of, let's just kind of go through the list of here are some things that might be related to your eating disorder or disordered eating. And I want you just to kind of tell me like how you see this, when you see this, and, and maybe even as appropriate, like, I know that there are things we can do to help some of these things. Um, and so it's not just the, okay, I see that now my GI issues might be related to my long history of disordered eating. Okay. Now I can kind of have a cause that maybe my doctor never gave me a cause before. I just thought my body was broken. So, so I'm hopeful that we can not just do that, but maybe, and I know you're not a doctor, but, but in your work, I do know that you recommend people go get, go see a doctor for some specific things. So you don't have to stay there. You know, you don't have to stay in that broken feeling with all those things. Go absolutely. ahead, Tracy. Yeah. No, I say absolutely because it's it's not necessarily a chicken or egg situation, but after a while it feels that way because you could have some some pre-existing some gut health issues, which then we use disordered eating tactics to try to treat, and then then it turns into a full boning disorder, ARFID, things like that. I have so much data for us today, so people don't feel like that you're the only one. And then the studies are really clear. It's like up in the 90% that people, whether diagnosed or not, who have disordered eating, eating disorders, have some kind of functional gut health issue because of the of some of the dieting and the um, compensatory behaviors of disordered eating and chronic dieting. So we'll get into that. But I just yeah. wanted to say that like, because of what, how we're um, utilizing food that has to impact our organ systems and most specifically our, our GI tract. So yeah, I, I think that's a great idea how to just jump into the symptomology. And I know um, us humans, we like to try to self-diagnose sometimes. We should talk even today about the symptomology 
because one symptom can cover a whole bunch of things that needs to be screened for so you can get appropriately treated and kind of separate that stuff out from the chronic dieting and binge eating, disordered eating into like, what is actually, what's the root of this? So you can get treatment and get well, it doesn't yeah. have to be like this forever. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Okay. I want to, I want to save the GI stuff though. Okay. I don't want to okay. jump. I don't want to start with GI stuff. Cause okay. I feel like GI stuff is the most predictable. I want to start with bone density. <laughs> okay. okay. And someone listening okay. is like, that is the most boring thing I've ever heard of, but, but let <laughs> me go back to my story. Okay. So when I was reading about this in Dr. Guadiani's book, so Tracy, when I was in the throes of my, my eating stuff, freshman year of college orientation weekend, I was walking across a swinging bridge and I fell and I broke a bone in my foot, shattered it and a couple other things around ankle and foot. And I was in a full cast. Mm -hmm. And I remember all around that people being like, how did you do that walking? Like you were just walking. It wasn't really swinging. You were just walking. And, and I remember them like being really surprised that you could have like that kind of <laughs> shattered bone from walking. And I'm reading her book and I'm like, oh my word. Like I probably had some fragile bone issues going on. I don't know. Is this something you've heard about a lot or? Of course. And, and I think it's so important to mention, this is not just in, um, I guess what we would label underweight looking people. Mm -hmm. um, I've seen this in all sizes of people who have um, basically deterioration of bones and joints because of too much exercise. Mm -hmm. In our cultures, there's never enough, but if you're trying to lose weight, there's never enough. Well, I typically see it in people who are using exercise as a compensatory tool for what they eat or to try to lose weight. And this also imbalances in their intake and under eating in general, even if you think it's healthy. So I've seen it all yeah. the time, yeah. joints, bones, people who seem relatively healthy trip and fall in there. They broke something I, mm. dozens of times over yeah. the last two decades. Hi everyone. If you've been injured in an accident, that was not your fault. Listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Well, and I'm just thinking how this kind of conflicts with the messages of diet yeah. culture, right? Because I have clients that are not at all uh, what, what diet culture would consider overweight. These are people in small bodies who are facing or have had hip replacements, mm -hmm. yeah, which, yeah. which is so contradictory to the diet culture messages of, unless you, you know, unless you keep this certain size, you're going to have these issues. Yeah. 
And, and so just kind of recognizing that we, we, like being malnourished, which is, I guess, really kind of at the root of having a disorder, eating disorder, disorder right. is actually really hard on the bones too. Maybe even harder on the bones than what they're telling us the weight would be. I know know. it's such a, it's such a dissonance. Like, okay, if I'm supposed healthiness looks like a certain way of eating, eating certain kinds of foods, weighing a certain kind of thing, but very pragmatically, if you eat less than your body needs, you're depriving yourself of nutrients. It's just biochemistry. And that means that it's almost like a robbing Peter to pay Paul situation every day in your body. So it's like, oh, we don't have enough calcium in our intake today for cardiovascular muscular contractions. Okay. We'll rob some from the bone. Thank you. Hmm. And it's just never ending cycle. So fat soluble vitamins, if you're not eating enough, you're not going to have them for your nerve conduction, um, your brain health. If you're not taking enough minerals for, for one organ system, it's going to be robbed from your bones. If you're not eating enough, your sex hormones get depleted. If you're always in fight or flight or in dissociation, that takes a lot of energy to maintain. So when you're um, when your body has to be in a threat response, it's using nutrition to create adrenaline, cortisol, and norepinephrine. And that energy then doesn't go to your sex hormones, your thyroid, your hypothalamus. Yeah. And all these, all these hormone systems impact our bone health as well. So low estrogen probably means low bone health as well. Again, these vicious circles. So here you are, it doesn't happen when you're 20. Yeah. But when you're 40, you have osteopenia or maybe even in your twenties. Mm-hmm. or osteoporosis later on, it's like, we well, are breaking stuff and you have this degeneration usually in hips or your spine or places like that. And you're like, why, what's going on here? And then you look back, it's like, oh, I've been on a diet on and off for 20 years. Yeah. You've been yeah. eating yourself for 20 years. That's the bottom line. You know, yeah. even if you had periods of emotional eating or binge eating, but if you look at it all in totality, you know, in a balance, it's like, there's been not enough calories and nutrition to maintain all these body structures to where we don't have these issues. Yeah. So it's not your fault. You, everybody here listening did what they were programmed to think and do. Right. Right. Via diet culture. Right. So. Yep. That's what I did. <laughs> Thinking yeah. I was being healthy yeah. and then waking up yeah. at 40 with mm-hmm. an autoimmune disease and weird things with my esophagus and all the things. Yeah. But you just, you just mentioned a hypothalamic, um, a hypothalamus. Is the word hypothalamus? Yeah. Yeah. But I'm thinking of hypothalamic amenorrhea. And I did an, I did an episode a couple weeks ago, um, with a woman who works specifically with women with hypothalamic amenorrhea. So we don't need to spend a lot of time there, but for, for the younger women listening, right. Can you just kind of touch on like, so eating disorders, disordered eating, you mentioned affects our, our, our sex hormones, but affects our fertility as well. So what that's right. Touch on that for me, Tracy. Just briefly, it's our hypothalamus is kind of the control center for a lot of these hormone systems. And it is always, it's, it is connected. It's right, right beside our hippocampus and amygdala, which is those threat processing centers as well. So it's like, Oh, not a fuel on board. Can't be having babies you'll die, it'll die. So it shuts the, you know, there's just less um, feedback to ovulate. Basically, if you're not ovulating again, that impacts your bone health as well. So that's why there's this little conglomeration of symptoms when you're not having a period. And the only thing that you can really do for this condition is to stop exercising so much and eat a lot more food. Mm -hmm. Those that's the medicine. 
And that's the hardest thing to do when you're using exercise as a form of self-worth or value or to use to burn calories. And then again, you've got to get your body out of the threat response and starvation is a threat response. So eating more food, more fat, moving less, um, it takes time and, it, and most of us need, need help to be able to stay the course because the body needs to know it's safe to restart those systems. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, and <laughs> use the word safe, right? I, I feel like it was shocking to me when I heard probably for the first time in my forties that well, I heard the way anorexia kills you. So I didn't have any, you know, and I'm, I'm assuming someone listening today is kind of in the same place, but I just think I assumed that like you don't eat and you kind of wither away, but it shocked me to learn that no, you, you most die of cardiac arrest because like, and I want you to fill this out, but as I understand it, right. It's because your, your body doesn't have enough energy. And so it starts using the energy from the muscles and your heart is a muscle. And once it runs out of all the other muscles, it goes to that one. That's right. So like, I think there's probably someone, especially someone younger listening today that maybe thinks eating disorders aren't that big of a deal or that it's maybe not worth it to recover if that means having to gain weight, Mm. but they're serious. So what, what is the cardiac arrest thing look like Tracy? Well, again, if you're not, and this, this applies to bulimia as well, mm-hmm. you know, and it doesn't take 10 purges a day to cause your heart to stop. It could be one mm-hmm. doesn't, you know, it's just the, the state of um, deterioration of our body sometimes, but yeah, if you are not eating enough food, there's just not a nutri- new enough nutrition to run the electrical circuit systems, basically of your heart and your heart is also muscle. So heart volume decreases eventually you just don't have enough strength to pump. Mm. So this could be a vascular pumping issue. It could also be electrical issue from your electrolytes that eventually just, again, yeah, you have a heart attack, stroke. Most of the time this happens, you just kind of fall asleep. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it, it is serious and you don't have to be emaciated for this to happen. Yeah. Because most eating disorders aren't that. Most people walking around with anorexia are in, I would say standard bodies Mm. because the majority of humans are in standard bodies. So on a bell-shaped curve of statistics here, um, there just aren't as many people that naturally have a smaller body that have anorexia that keep going to that place that we see on the after-school specials, especially Mm. after the generation we grew up Mm -hmm. in. Anorexia looks a certain way. Right. So that's what it is. But like, you know, most people in my practice you know, I don't have any 80 pound people. Mm. Let's just, let's just be blood. Mm. Um, they look like everybody else that we yeah. see doing the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I'm, I'm sure Tracy, that that was me. I wasn't underweight. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. So that's the majority I, of people. Yeah. That's why they've, they've finally in the last several years, they keep tweaking it and it shows only because of the advocacy and even information like what you're putting out there is that like eating disorders don't have a look binge eating doesn't have a look anorexia doesn't have a look Mm. it's it's behaviors and it's not even even beyond that it's 
the condition of our head and our heart mm-hmm. that yeah. gives the definitions of what is actually happening. So yeah, yeah, it's, it's, okay. it can be anybody. Yeah. Well, let's, let's talk about the, the ones that I think probably a lot of people experience, maybe like the most common, Oh, I don't know. That might be a generalization to call the most common. I'm just thinking about clients I've had talk to me um, just in a coaching sense. And they just kind of casually mention, oh yeah, when I did this diet, I was losing my hair and that was enough to make me stop. Or when I did this diet, my nails didn't grow. Or when I did this Mm -hmm. diet, my skin did weird things. So can you talk to me about like the skin, hair and nails aspect to this? Well, skin, hair, nails actually, um, there's some of your first precursors of all that organ damage we're talking about because they're very fast regenerating cells. So you're, you know, it's, it's, it's t- it doesn't take as long for your hair to grow as that you to grow back a new neural pathway or uh-huh. <laughs> to grow some more muscle or whatever. Um, yeah. So if you're seeing that you encounter just a couple of hot seconds, you know, mm-hmm. three months, six months, that's going to go first before you lose your vision. Or, I mean, some people lose their periods pretty quickly of all weights and sizes. Um, but that kind of makes sense because if you think inside out of importance and the answer key study talks a ton about this is that um, all your metabolic systems are going to slow down when you're under eating or have chaotic eating because it's a threat response. It doesn't, your body doesn't want you to die. You've been programmed by a creator here to like make sure some of the same stuff runs autonomically. And if it doesn't, there are feedback mechanisms like, okay, slow this down, do this, do that to keep this person alive. And so What's more important, pumping your heart or having hair? Mm-hmm. <laughs> the so heart, the, yeah. <laughs> the li- that little bit of energy that you are taking in, yeah. either through your so-called healthy eating plan, or even maybe you're always restricting no matter what, or skipping meals or doing fasting. But then you have a binge once a week to kind of like, your body's like, oh, give me some food. You know, mm-hmm. most binges have to do with deprivation, not only emotion, but the body will use that. Okay, well, what do we got to do? What are we going to do now? Run your brain, liver, heart, or have shiny hair, right. have nails that grow, um, priorities, circulation, the same stuff. If you're always cold, that's a sign that like the body's like, okay, put that oxygen rich blood and that nerve, that the blood that does have nutrition in it, put it to your organs, right. not to your limbs that are not a priority. Right. You need them, but you can, you could live without them. You can't live without your heart, your brain, your liver, right. your kidneys. So, yeah. Yeah. And my my nose was always cold in addition, like fingers and toes. Yes, of course. But you can kind of cover those, but my nose was always cold. And I was just talking to my husband about this the last couple of days. I was like, you know, it's funny. Like, remember how my nose used to always be cold? Like since I've been eating more normally the last couple of years, I I don't think I've had a cold nose. (laughs) Well, that means your basal metabolic rate has enough coverage to even mm-hmm. keep the, the most minor things like that running properly. So, you know, your BMR is the, your organ needs basically. Mm-hmm. And then the rest of your energy expenditure and your intake has to do with like, Oh, you and I are talking and you brush your teeth today and you're nodding your head. That's not even exercise. That's just yeah. like the stuff you got to do to not sit in that chair all day long and stare at me, you know? So yeah. we use a, our body need a lot of energy and most of it is our basal metabolic needs. So if you're not feeling well, and things don't seem right, you've already been restricting probably long enough where your basal metabolic rate decreased just to keep you alive. Yeah. So eating enough food is not just about surviving. If we want to thrive, right? we got to eat 
way more than diet culture says we have, to, we should be eating. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you know, Tracy, as we kind of, we're going to close up this episode and you're going to come back and we're going to talk about all that GI stuff that we promised to talk about. But as I think about this, like just, just that statement you made a couple minutes ago, that my body would have to decide whether or not to keep my heart pumping or grow hair. Right. And how many women I've met, not, not even clients, just friends. I mean, I just had a very yeah. casual conversation with someone the other day who did a popular diet plan. And she's like, Oh yeah, I don't think it was enough calories. And I was like, Oh, did you lose your hair? She's like, no, I never lost my hair. And, and the tone of the conversation was just so very flippant. Like, I hear it. Flippant, matter of fact, like, okay, whatever. I was fine. Cause I didn't lose my hair. And, and, you know, and mm -hmm. of course not everyone has the same symptoms. So it's not like you have to lose your hair to know that you have an eating disorder. You might make it. I never lost any hair. I, you know, yeah. I, I, I made it through decades of, of malnutrition yeah. without losing any hair, but it, it should kind of be heartbreaking, right. That we put our bodies in that situation. Yeah. Right? Like it's well, just so odd. What, what are your thoughts? It's the programming. It's almost like when people say that stuff to me, you know, it's heartbreaking. You know, it's almost like if my heart's breaking, I know father's heart's breaking of like thinking that it's no big deal. You know, it's, you know, like our body's functioning. And I want to say more about the, not even the body's functioning, but the condition of your mind and your heart. There is not a person who is struck, not if you're struggling with food or your body or your sense of self and identity around, you know, worth and these issues in body. You don't have control of your mind. Somebody's got your mind and your heart condition really isn't around health. It's around, you know, I'm trying to protect myself. Mm -hmm. So whatever means. So sometimes, yeah, if we don't have the physical symptoms, you know, I go through the answer key study with all my clients and it's like, there, there's an increase in inability to name and acknowledge and articulate emotions. Mm -hmm. And there, there's that's where, you, that's where your denial comes from. You have to be in denial to maintain this. You have to, to, to feel when binge eating feels out of control, let's say, um, there's a level of something else happens to where, um, we just have to just put that aside and try to get back to the getting on, getting on with life. And, you know, it doesn't have to hit bottoms wherever that is for us mm -hmm. to get the support we need. So, um, if you don't have the physical symptoms listening to this, that doesn't mean that you're still not having mental and emotional symptoms. And what's such the gaslighting about it is it because everybody around you is doing it too. It makes you think it's not a problem and you dismiss your own suffering. Right. It doesn't feel good to like, when my next meal is going to be and like, what is it going to be? And then what's going to happen next with that? That's yeah. a symptom yeah. of malnutrition or chaos and, and um, not trauma and not feeling safe and disembodiment. So yeah. Malnutrition causes these things. Is you know that's part of it. Yeah, I I love that you I love that you said that. I mean, it's 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 a disassociation from our bodies, right? Of course, and that's it's, the point. That's the function of it. That's the point of it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Tracy, this has been super helpful. I can't wait to get back to the GI stuff though. I know a lot of people are going to be interested in that. So we will tackle that in the next episode. Come back and hear us continue this conversation about the physical ramifications of disordered eating and eating disorders. 
The Compared To Podcast is proud to be part of the Life Audio Podcast Network. If you're looking for more great Christian podcasts, check out lifeaudio.com. Before you go, if something from today's show blessed you, may I ask a huge favor? Leave a review on your favorite platform. Seeing your five-star reviews is a huge encouragement to me. Not sure how to do it? You can go to comparetowho.me slash podcast, scroll to the bottom, and you'll find all the information. And while you're at comparetowho.me, check out some of the more than 500 articles on there about body image, comparison, all the things you're thinking about. Plus, you can find out more about my books, or you can grab a time for a free 10-minute call to see if coaching is right for you. I'm so honored to be a part of your journey out of body image and comparison frustration. And I can't wait to hear how God is working to set you free. The love of God is immeasurable. It's unchanging. It's indescribable. Because God loves you so much, you can sleep through the night in peace with abide bible sleep meditation you can fall asleep fast with relaxing sleep stories based on scripture to start listening now go to lifeaudio.com or search your favorite podcast app for abide bible sleep meditation you can also download the abide app for more biblical meditations at abide.com